Hi everyone, welcome to the final episode of Onward Season 1. I remember introducing this podcast a few months ago and it feels surreal that we're almost done season one. It's officially the holiday season, so grab a cozy blanket, warm beverage, and turn the volume up. In this episode, we're so excited to be going through your questions. And our first question is, how do you deal with change? So personally, I don't I don't have the best relationship with change, not gonna lie. Um I can sometimes be an over-warrior, but what I've realized is that you don't notice change happening. Like, it kind of seems like this massive, big, scary blob, almost. Um, When you don't notice it happening, it's kind of like, I don't know, when you're growing, when you're a child and your parents are, like, marking your height, I don't know, on the door or wherever. And it's happening, but you don't notice it. And then... I don't know, after a few months, you go back and you mark your height again and you see there's a difference. It's not like you're consciously growing, just like you can't consciously control change because I think change is very much out of our control. And the more we try to control, I think the less happy we'll be or the, the more you'll think about it. And I think the important thing with change is it's always happening. <laughs> you can't control it. And in my 18 years of life, that's what I've realized. And it's not always something to be scared of or apprehensive about. Like, of course, you're allowed to feel certain ways and no one's telling you not to feel scared. But I think when you are able to look back um, after a period of change, and reflect on what you've gone through, I feel a sense of accomplishment, a sense of pride. Even if the change hasn't been super positive, I feel proud of myself for overcoming it and making it through that period of change. Because as I said, change can be tough, can be scary, especially when you don't know what's gonna happen. I think that sums it up really well, Arya. So I think we'll move on to the next question now. Okay, Um, our next question is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? So somewhat related to what Arya was talking about um, earlier, my grandma always says this one proverb, I guess you could call it to me, um, and that's basically Shob Ostai, which translates to everything is temporary. So whenever there's like a change or something I'm not um, comfortable with, that line sort of um, reminds me that, you know, it's temporary. We'll get through it. I really like that. Um, I think my best piece of advice that I was given is a way to sort of de-stress after you feel stressed. Um, I sort of get, get overwhelmed really quickly. And someone once told me that if you imagine yourself as one person on this planet, and then this planet is just one in the entire massive universe in comparison to the universe you are a tiny 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 being like you're irrelevant um and the problems that you have are a fraction of you so if you're you're if you're a tiny fraction of the universe your problems are literally insignificant that just makes me feel better all the time like i know i can stress people out (laughs) But um, that just makes me feel better. And I'm not trying to say that 
your problems aren't significant because I'm sure they're not. But I worry about, you know, the smallest of things. So these small things that don't matter, they are so insignificant when you think about it from a macro perspective. Sticking with the theme of advice, we have what advice would you give to your 12-year-old self? I think I would tell myself to just not care what people think because, oh my God, I spent so much time dwelling on what people thought. And can I just say, now that I care, like I still care what people think, definitely. But now that I care less, I feel liberated, man. I completely agree with you. Now I only care about the opinions of people I care about. Whereas in the past, I just, I was so afraid of like, of being judged that I wasn't able to be who I wanted to be. But I'm just so much happier now. I I would have to completely agree with you, Aria, on that. If you guys want more advice on how to not care about what other people think, um, we've got some other great advice on our episode on how to deal with anxiety. Does anyone else have any other advice that they would have given to their 12-year-old self? Oh, actually, I know. On a slightly more academic note, as a 12-year-old, I was so OCD about how I did on my tests and end of years and stuff. And by the time I came to the last four years of high school or whatever, I just stopped caring. Like, I was, like, burnt out from, like, caring so much about academics as a 12-year-old. And those four years are the years that actually count. I think it's so absurd that I wasted all of my energy doing all of all of that stuff when I was a 12 year old. I would just tell myself to relax, if I'm honest. Anushka, oh my God, you couldn't have captured that better. The way I resonated with that, I was so dedicated to school and note taking and just being just like super academic kid when I was 12 that right now I am kind of burnt out. I like for my year seven exams, I don't think I revised for any exam as much as I did for my year seven end of year exams. No, they, they, they don't matter. I would tell my 12 year old self to calm down as well. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. next question is, how do you guys manage stress, especially with university application season? So a bit of background with this question. We are all applying or have applied to university. So we're in the depths, I think in the deep end of university application season. So how are you guys feeling about it? So right now um, I'm on holiday in New York and I have a ton of essays to write. I have about 10 or 11 universities to submit. But what I've done instead of kind of letting it pile up until I say like Christmas day and then cramming at the end I've tried to set little targets for myself so I'm trying to do two universities every day and that way it doesn't get overwhelming I'm getting all my work done so I think the best way to do it is set little targets for yourself say okay I want to submit this university by this day and this university by this day and make a checklist and then I think we spoke about it in our staying motivated episode where we say like that that kind of satisfaction you get from ticking something off is so like I don't know satisfying um that you should make a checklist set a little part of the first album I think that's the best way to go I like this question a lot what's your favorite thing about each other (laughs) 
So I'm going to start with Anushka. So my favorite thing about Anushka in the context of this podcast is that she contrasts us so well. Because if you don't know us in real life, like Yana and Anusha are like inherently very like positive, sociable, approachable. Um, I'm like also I think pretty like sociable and positive. Unapproachable, are you? No, Anushka's like she's sociable after you speak to her a couple of times. But I remember the first time I saw Anushka, I was so intimidated because she was just kind of like standing by herself, <laughs> and I didn't know who to talk to, so I wanted to talk to her. But she was, she like, she ended up being so nice. Like me and Anushka are such good friends now. So that's probably my favorite thing about Anushka, that she's not what she seems. Um, thank you. I guess I shall take that as a compliment, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think my favorite thing about, I'll talk about Anisha, is that you're just, I don't know, this sounds really cliche, but you're just like a really nice person. <laughs> like, whenever I see you, I like automatically have a smile on my face. And that's really unusual for me, if you probably understood that from what Arya said. And you also introduced me to, I mean, I knew what baking was before, but like, I actually tried it out because you peer pressured me into doing it. So yeah, I guess that's another reason I like you. That's the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. Thank you. And I didn't peer pressure you into baking. I just... Mentally. It was mental peer pressure. It was all the Chef Club videos we watched on Pinterest. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll go next. I'll talk about Yana. So I think my favorite thing about Yana is the fact that you can talk to her about anything and everything and we've had so many conversations about this like we speak about the most intellectual things in the world and then we have the most immature conversations that anyone could ever have so the thing about yana is she's so like diverse you know she's she's ready to converse about anything she's ready to give you advice about anything she's ready to talk about like dinosaurs we had a whole discussion about dinosaurs it's very interesting that's what i was laughing at (laughs) So I think that's my favorite thing about you. That was so sweet. Thank you. Um, so I think my favorite thing about Aria, and I was actually thinking about this, I think through Onwards is how I've come to like know Aria better. So what I've realized through Onwards is that Aria, okay, now that I'm realizing it, it's kind of like what Anisha said, but Aria has she's very like like you said like a diverse person there's a lot of layers to you you know like sometimes you say things I'm like how did you just say that (laughs) and I'm like where did that come from that was so profound I think that's probably my favorite thing about you just because like I do not expect you to say certain things and suddenly out of nowhere you're like this magical being who has all the knowledge in the world I'm like where did this come from Oh, Yana, you're making me blush. You guys can't see it because you're listening, but you're making me blush. Okay, uh, moving on to the next question. Now, I think we're into, like, realness territory. What do you do when you realize your life is dictated by what people think of you? I mean, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just being 
so afraid of judgment from other people that you allow that fear to dictate how you live your life? I think the best question is you kind of have to realize that your life is dictated by what people think because you're letting it be dictated by what people think. Following on from that, I think in order to care less about what other people think of you, you need to start caring more about what you think of yourself. The first person that you should seek acceptance from is yourself. And if you find yourself wanting to do things, uh, I don't know, wear things, listen to things, watch things, but they're not making you happy, then you're seeking to please the wrong person. And the only person that you should be seeking to please yourself. So I don't know, I would say maybe the first thing to do is start doing the things you like and be unapologetic about it. I know that sounds really hard, but almost force yourself to do the things that you like. And I think that will slowly convert into being able to make the decisions and talk about the things that you want to talk about and the decisions you want to make. I think that was really well said, Diana. Our next question is, how do you concentrate when you're feeling anxious? For me, I have like this mantra that I always say before I do a test or something when I'm really anxious and that kind of snaps me back and it's like, okay, refocus, you got this. I feel like if everyone has like a, not necessarily a mantra, but something that they just keep repeating to themselves over and over again, that's really like grounding and it kind of snaps you out of your anxiety. That just reminded me, um, like you were talking about that you say it before tests or, you know, work. I have this box in my head. It's a brown chest. That's how I visualize it. And when I'm like in the middle of a test or if I want to get work done, I'm feeling really anxious and I can't concentrate. I take all my anxious thoughts and I force them into this box and I shut the lid and I lock it. <laughs> And I shove it to the back of my head. Like, this is all visualizing um, all of this, by the way. So our final question, are you guys ready? It's kind of a cute one to end. What was your favorite moment or what is your favorite moment of 2020? Okay, so this might sound very irrelevant, but um, recently, Anisha told me on Netflix, you know, when you're watching something and like, for example, if you start a TV show and you don't like the TV show, it gets added to your keep watching um, row. I am extremely OCD about things like this. And recently, Anisha told me that you can get rid of those by clicking the three little dots and going remove row. Yeah, hands down, best memory. That has made my life so much better. It sounds irrelevant, but it it made a whole lot of difference to my life. So yeah, thank you for that. Happy to help, Anushka. I didn't know that it meant so much to you. <laughs> but I'm glad. Okay, I'll go next. Um, mine's quite a big one, actually. So my sister got married this year. And it was very exciting for myself and my whole family. Um, because of COVID, we couldn't actually see the wedding in person. But we did join online. And she's just so happy. She's over the moon. We're over the moon. And I feel like because COVID has been so like negative, we just kind of needed that positive event sort of to happen and turn this whole year around. 
So that would definitely be my favorite moment, 2020. I love that. I remember you were so excited. Like you were so excited. I was so nice and you so happy. I think my favorite moment of 2020 was January because I finally turned vegan after so long. And I didn't actually realize I did that this year, but yeah, that was this year. That's so insane. I've been vegan for almost an entire year now. But that was probably my favorite moment, just like finally doing it after I've wanted to for so long. I don't have a moment or memory in particular. I think I've just been lucky to have small memories. Like uh, my parents made my 18th birthday really special. That was really nice. I think chatting with friends that I haven't spoken to in a long time just because everyone was really bored in quarantine. So you picked up your phone and you texted random people. I think chatting to people that I haven't spoken to in a while was nice. Spending time with my family before leaving to university. I think right now we can't appreciate it, but I think looking back, I'm going to be really grateful that I was able to spend such a long time with my family before leaving because going to university is such a big change and I know I'm going to miss them a lot. I think that was a great moment. So for me, it wasn't a massive moment. It was small moments that made my year. Building off that, we wanted to hear about your favorite moments, you, our listeners, because you're very important to us. So we asked our friends what their favorite moments in 2020 were, and here are some of the answers. So one of my favorite moments of 2020 is when I was at school and Aria was online, and I was just talking to her for like hours about like how long I was going in my carol. So you know the first day of school, it was really weird because everyone was wearing masks and we had to social distance. But it was so nice after so much time online, it was really good. One of the good things that came from 2020 is that I was actually able to connect with a few friends who lived abroad, which I don't think I would have done had everything not gone online. Probably getting closer to my family, definitely. That's been such a good experience. I really enjoyed having more time to watch movies, such as Bond. The end. I highly recommend. blood for the first time. The increased intimacy with those close to me. I learned how to bake a cake. So at the beginning of 2020, I went to Nepal. Having more time to play music. Spending more time with my family because of quarantine. So my favorite moment was going out after lockdown. Like even though it was like quite strict and stuff, it was really nice to get out of the house finally after six months of being stuck at home. Making new friends and getting close to the old ones. A huge thank you to all of you who supported us this year. For me, I think as a group, my favorite moment of 2020 was creating Onwards, even though it did stem from that bad bio test. Um, you gotta look at the positives and everything. And I'm really grateful that we became closer as friends, put some positivity into the world, because I think it needed some this year. So before we say goodbye for this year, we just want to say that we're excited to see you in season two, and we want to leave you with a final quote. The most reliable way to predict the future is to create it.